dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown to Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Stafford will work from the gun. Theo to his left. Four-man front for the Cowboys. They bring a fifth. Stafford with time, though. Throws. Caught. First down. Golden Tate spins away from the defender. At the 20. At the 15. Golden 10. Golden dancing at the 5. And slipping into the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Hello and welcome to another week of the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petrie, your host for this official Lions podcast, and I am joined, of course, as we have been throughout the regular season, by Lomas Brown. Lomas, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi. <laughs> this is actually our 20th episode. Wow. How about that? Oh, my. Tori, I'm 10. That's why the season, it, it seemed like it's long when it starts, but it... It is moving. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing the podcast since the off season. So we did wow, a lot of player interviews yeah. in the off season. Uh, a couple fun little things throughout that kind of quiet period in July where we interviewed staff members uh, okay. and fans. So we've done a little bit of everything, but it's episode number 20. Wow, so I think man. that's a fun little mark to hit, right? Yeah, that is. 2-0, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here uh, in Allen Park chatting uh, for the podcast after the Lions came home from Dallas with a loss. Definitely a disappointing one, Lomas. You and I talked uh, pretty extensively about it on the post game show. Which, if you guys are tuning into that, thank you. We're having fun yes, with that. How about you, Lomas? Yes, that, I've been having a lot of fun with that. They get it raw from us, don't they, Tori? It's right <laughs> after the game, so it's raw. So yeah, tune in for that. Yeah, it's immediate reaction. Yes, so yes. You, you are getting the raw reaction That's to right. the game. Uh, <laughs> so really, we we talk about a lot of the things that uh, we we talk about midweek, just right after the game. Uh, in in the those post game shows. So if you're tuning in to social media after Lions games, uh, Lomas and I will be right after the press conferences. So you'll see the press conferences streamed live, and then Lomas and I will come on and uh, give you a little bit of our take, and then we'll toss to some highlights from the day. Yes. So you're pretty much getting a, a comprehensive coverage of of the day's game if you're tuning into Lions social media uh, and and watching that live stream. So hopefully you're joining us there if you're joining us on the podcast, right? That'd be great. That would be great. <laughs> we need listeners. Come on out there. We can use as many listeners as we can get out there. I like it. I like it. We're recruiting people. Cross That's promotion, right. right? That's right. We promote we the do podcast. It all. Tori, we're multi-talented. <laughs> we do it all, Tori. Promote the podcast on the live stream. Promote the live stream on the podcast, right? Just, yep. just get everybody to tune in to both audiences. I like it. I like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll kind of start start you off with uh, something similar to what we talked about in that post-game show, but where does this loss leave the Lions? Yeah, you know, disappointing loss, 1-3. and three. If you look at the first quarter of the season, finishing 1-3, and three, I know that's not what the team thought though, or thought they probably would be going into the season. And I know Coach says that if he looks – if he models it after what they have done in New England, we're still going through the growing pains right now. So he's looking at the team to start getting better and better each week and start hitting our mark probably around October, November. So, you know, hopefully he's right on schedule with everything. And, Tori, to be honest with you, it's been getting better. It has been. It's been looking better over these last couple of weeks compared to where we started at. So I could see us progressively getting better. It's just little things that we're still doing that are still hurting us. So I've heard it said that the Patriots, you know, September, you know, is just a different month of football for them. It's just kind of when they're figuring things out, they're trying things out, uh, seeing what works and what doesn't. And it's almost a throwaway month of football for them because 
that's when they uh, uh, test things out and try things. And then once you get past September, then it's game time for them. Do you think that there might be some of that happening? Or is there a little bit of reason for concern for the Lions starting uh, one and three? Because that that's tough to start the season when you're already in a hole like that. Yeah, it is. And, and, and if you look at it, if I compare it with even with New England, right, I think they're sitting at two and two, one game ahead of us. Uh, we knew the Jets game. That that lingers, Tory. That was a game that we should have had. You know, if you look at it, that was a game, even though we got blew out in now, coming into that, that was a game that we thought we would win that game. San Francisco, another game that we were in that we could have won. So if you look at it like that, and those are moral victories, you look at it, as for, especially San Francisco, and you look at the Dallas game as moral victories, then you can see I'm looking at the little incremental improvements that we're making. And, again, some of the areas we're improving in, some of the areas that we thought we wouldn't be good at, you know, come in the question mark, the offensive line. I mean, you know, we're sixth in the league in uh, sacks given up, which is great. I mean, that's a great statistic coming into the, this season. We thought that would be a problem. So it's little things that we are getting better at. But if you look at the totality of everything, you know – it's going to be tough if you look at the totality of everything. And I know that's what coach doesn't do, and I'm talking about the whole season, and you look at what's ahead of us, it's going to be tough. So I know we take it by quarters, and that's how they do it too. So we'll look at it as in quarters. But I just gave you kind of a totality of everything. Right, right. Well, we're allowed to do that because yes, we're not the team. Yes. We can talk about it in totality or quarters or however <laughs> we want to talk about it. Uh, but for me, I think about, and you and I have talked about this already, is the fact that the bye week is the week after this Packers game. And I just think it would be so rough to go into that bye week at one and four. Yeah. I think going into that bye week at two and three is so much more helpful. You have a little bit of a morale boost heading into that bye week rather than being in a four-game hole, uh, that that's tough to go into the bye week like that. So, you know, we'll see what happens this weekend against the Packers. There's obviously no guarantees ever when it's the Packers. Right, you know, right. last year we were uh, we were watching the Lions play against a Packers team that didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Uh, so, you know, those were a little bit different, uh, different situation for the Lions. And, um, you know, Lions were able to win the two games against the Packers last season, but – We'll see what happens uh, this weekend. They do have home field advantage. Right. But I think that this win is just going to be really important for whether they're able to climb out of the hole or they're not. So do you believe in moral victories? (laughs) Since we're allowed to talk that way, would you think if they came close but didn't win, say they look better, you know, then they looked against Dallas, but they didn't win? How would you look at it then going into the bye? Well, a moral victory isn't going to get you any higher in the division standings. Yeah, great point. And they're great last point. in the division right now. Great the, point. The Bears are at the top of the division, which is just crazy considering just the history of the division, the fact that the Bears have finished at the bottom of the division for most of the years in recent memory. Uh, and and that, that part of things is crazy. The Vikings are not playing as well as everybody thought. Yes. Uh, so right. the division is just in a crazy place right now, and I just think that, especially this being a division game, I don't know. 
I, I definitely do see the value in coming close. You know, we did see improvement mm-hmm. in how they played in in Dallas. And, you know, they had a shot in San Francisco. And obviously the win over the Patriots was big. So you have all these moments where you're close. But being close doesn't get you higher up in the division standings. You're right. No, that's a great point. And like you said, divisional game, a home game. You want to take care of things like that if you can, especially against a team like Green Bay. So I agree. I just think Green Bay – you know, people look at them as a one-dimensional team and Aaron Rodgers only, and I, I kind of looked at them that way. But you know, kind of examining them, that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough matchup. Well, man. we'll we'll get to that yeah. a, a, a little later in the podcast. Usually, we talk about the previous week's game before we jump ahead, but we're kind of jumping ahead a I little know, bit this I know, week. I know. I <laughs> know. No, I like it though. Why? It's, it's you good. think because of Dallas being so disappointing? We're Maybe. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, you might, because uh, it was. I mean, we had opportunities, Tori. We really did. Yeah. And, Tori, let me just say this real fast on that. You got to give Dallas a lot of credit, too, on the Jared Davis play. I mean, it was a great play design. They had tried to do that early mm. in the game, and they weren't unsuccessful doing it. And just when they had to have it, and that moment – they were successful with it, and that seems to be the lingering play. And it was just a great play design. Sometimes the offense better than the defense at that time, and sometimes you have to just throw your hands up, you know? Yeah, I have it written down in my notes right here to that talk was, to you oh about that play. God. That's in yeah, my notes. Okay, so mind I'm, reading. Just, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm just <laughs> jumping all over the place with Tori today. But no, go ahead, no, Tori. that play is really important. And um, I talked about this on Tori's Take this week, that that play uh, – ESPN Stats and Info came out with a stat that said that was the first time Ezekiel Elliott had been targeted 10-plus yards down the field ever. And it has a little chart that shows all of his targets, and they're all very close to the line of scrimmage. And then there's one outlier, and it's that play, that catch on Jared Davis. So I found that so interesting because it's something that clearly the lines weren't seeing on film. It wasn't something that you are that you're anticipating. You're thinking, okay, if they get in this situation, they're going to go for Ezekiel Elliott downfield. It was something that just right. kind of came up. And Paul Pasqualoni talked about it in his conference call this week. And he said, you know, this is NFL football. It comes down to execution. There's always going to be things in games that come up that you don't see on tape, but we do have to execute. So I wanted to ask you kind of in that play situation, do you think that that's something where – that's a play design where a linebacker shouldn't have been matched up on Ezekiel Elliott in coverage, or is that an execution on the player? Is it a little bit of both? What, how do you view that play? For, for me, Tori, I just think it, it was a great play call against the right defense. Because remember, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ezekiel started out wide and they brought him in he ran his route up the scene and kind of veered out towards the sideline. That's where Dak threw right. the ball to him at. And to me, once as a quarterback, once you see a guy come in with your motion, then that tells the quarterback that he has man-to-man, man-to-man right. coverage. So that means that linebacker is covering my running back, and they knew they had that advantage. And to me, it was, just like again, I go back to a great play call, great play design at that particular moment against the defense we had in there. I just think if Coach would have knew or they would have prepared, maybe we should have got a timeout on there if the guys would have known that. But I, I just don't think – I just think it was a great play 
and they hit us. And like I say, sometimes you have to just throw your hands right. up. And then think about this too, Tori. It was the perfect throw. That threw the ball perfectly because Jared wasn't in that bad of coverage. Everybody say Jared was just beat so badly. No, he was just he like a wasn't. step behind. Exactly. It was just Dak putting it right where it had to be. Mm-hmm. It was just a perfect throw. It was nothing Jared could do about that, nothing. So I, I know everybody's been beating him up about that, and I think it's been unfairly – he's been unfairly beat up on that play because he was in good coverage. The Cowboys made a great play, great execution. That beat us. Coaches know that. They, they, Yeah, it might have been disappointing and all that and stung when it hurt, but when they remat up there, the coaches, when they watch that on film, they're going to, oh, that was just a perfect play. And, you know, it's not much you could do against that. Yeah, and usually a linebacker on a running back isn't that bad of a matchup, but, you know, you think of a linebacker on Theo Riddick. And right. we always say that's a mismatch because right. they can't cover his his coverage skills. That's that's such a mismatch. You always want to get Theo Riddick on, on a linebacker. But Ezekiel Elliott isn't really known for being right. a downfield receiver uh, as much as Theo Riddick is a receiver out of the backfield. So I just find that matchup, uh, the, the Cowboys taking advantage of that matchup in that situation so fascinating. And it's part of that kind of chess game of football. Absolutely. And sometimes you have to prepare for things that – that's why I say – Coach Pascaloni said they didn't prepare for that because they hadn't seen that. So maybe when they were going in motion, I don't know, maybe you get a timeout because it's deep in the game and you talk about it. I don't know. I don't know what you do in that situation right there, Tori. All I say is sometimes you just have to throw your hands up because it was just a perfect call. And like I say, for Jared, I keep saying that, man, he's been so unfairly pointed out on that play, but he had good coverage on Zeke. It was just a perfect throw by Dak. Sure. Now, this is something that Paul Pasqualoni pointed out as well, is that earlier in that drive, there was a fumble and an opportunity for a sack. And I believe that was on second down. You could have put them in third and unmanageable if you get that sack and you push them way far back. And there was somebody who was right there but didn't quite get the sack. And, you know, the the Jared Davis play gets the spotlight, but there's other opportunities. Tori, and that's why I say to me Jared has been so unfairly targeted because you are so right. There were so many other plays in that game that could have happened that could have turned that game around. You are absolutely right. And some of the penalties that killed us in that game too. Don't forget that. Penalties take away that. I call it the uh, hidden yardage. You know, because it's yardage that's taken away from you. don't really think about the yardage right then. But that, at the end of the game, once you count up all them penalties in the yard, then that's yardage that's subtracted off the uh, yards you, you produce for that day. So, to me, penalties and other things like that, not getting turnovers when you have an opportunity to get them, those are things that you can look back on and say, those are things, the bigger things that could have happened that could have changed the whole direction of that play. Because remember, even with that catch, Dallas still had to execute and get the kickoff and all that and do everything else. So, you know, again, I just get a little upset, you know, and maybe it's my gator coming out <laughs> and I'm protecting him. But I just don't think he should be just unfairly targeted just for that one play when all these other things happen. Well, we're both gators, so yes, we kind of have to admit, yeah. admit our uh, – Yes, I will. Direction that we're coming from yeah. in that sense. So take it or leave it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
But here's another thing is getting into the red zone and not scoring a touchdown. That happened in that game as well. You know, that that changes the score in the situation. So, you know, games do come down to these final moments and you do need to capitalize. And I said this in a couple videos this week of just, you know, the Lions did the whole bend but not break thing a lot on defense on Sunday. And then they got on the final drive and you couldn't afford to bend in that situation. And what did they do? They'd done all game. They bent. bent. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, yep. you could, but you couldn't afford it in that situation. Yep. Uh, so, you know, that's that's kind of a. It, it just is a sum total of the game always, and it never just comes down to one play. Right. So. And there be and you're right, and there be little things that you don't think about, like you say, that happen throughout the game, but it it, it does it affects the game, and there be little things we look back on throughout the season, just depending on where things sure. happen. That we'll be we'll talk about a couple of games like we did last year. So you know, it's always the little things that may not seem big, but they always seem to multiply and come up and turn up to be big. Stafford, long count. Takes the direct snap, gives the carry on, running right, got the edge, carry on five, head down at the three, fighting at the two, into the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Jeff Heath had a shot at him, Leighton Vander Esch had a shot at him, but the rookie slams it in, and the Lions are right back in this game. The Detroit Lions are encouraging fans to arrive early this season for their extended power hour. For the first hour after gates open, fans will enjoy concession specials such as $2 sodas, $2 hot dogs, $3 beers, $3 well drinks, and $5 specialty cocktails at several locations throughout the stadium. Lions have two timeouts in the two-minute warning. Stafford to throw. Back in the pocket. Looks. Throws deep right side. Wants Golden. Got him at the 10. Golden at the 5. Golden to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, Stafford to take 38 yards, and they're an extra point away from taking the lead. Let's turn the page to the Green Bay Packers. I know we've talked about this some already, but we're going to kind of dive into that game, and I want to ask you, you talked about – seeing the Packers being a little bit more than just Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He gets all the credit. What do you see from them that, that is a threat for the Lions? I mean, again, I, I, I'm going to look at it purely from the defensive side of the ball. I didn't realize their defense, now granted who they played against hadn't been the elite part of their schedule and hadn't been a real elite teams. I think Chicago, you throw a couple other teams in there that are not very good they play. But their defense is a top 10 defense. And you hadn't heard that come out of Green Bay in a long time. It's always been about the offense and Aaron Rodgers and the weapons he had around him. And, yeah, they would talk about Clay Matthews and maybe when they had Julius Peppers there, they would talk about them. But that would really be it. Now that defense, are top, if, if Aaron Rodgers has a top – I think they're number seven in the league in a couple of categories – if he got that kind of defense and the type of talent he is, I mean, that takes that team to another level. It really does because they could cover up for any mistakes that the offense makes. So I think they're up there in scoring defense. So that that kind of concerned me. I didn't really think they – again, I thought it was more offense and all offense. But after looking at their defensive stats, I think they're coming with more of a complete team than we've probably seen, Tori, mm. probably in maybe – two maybe three years of Green Bay coming here so it's going to be a challenge with Green Bay even more than I thought because I was real real confident that you know about this game but you know like I say I'm optimistically confident now (laughs) 
I don't know if that's uh, too comforting for I'm the fans not, that are no, listening sorry, that are really fans. counting on I'm a sorry. win this weekend. They got me telling them that you got to win this weekend <laughs> before the bye, and you're telling them, well, this is, could be the best Green Bay team we've seen in a while. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. The good thing, if we look at it, uh, one good thing I like is uh, Golden, now that he's kind of on the roll, uh, Green Bay is going to have a rookie matched up against him. So That's I'm looking true. at Golden Tate probably having another good game. And if we get him rolling and get carry on a few more opportunities to carry the ball some, I yeah. think we could have a little formula <laughs> going there. So you think carry on should have carried the oh ball a little God. bit more in Dallas? Oh, yes, Tory, Tory. <laughs> I'd like to see that young man carry it probably about 20, 25 times a game. <laughs> and that would suit me just fine. They could throw it to him however many times they want to, but just let them carry it 20 times a game, and let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Let's just give it a go and see what happens. Well, if you guys are regular listeners to the podcast, you know that Lomas is a big proponent of uh, just – Drill in the run game. Just yes. give it opportunities. Yes. Let Can't the big hand fellas the ball eat. Off. That's yes. what I like yes. to say. Let As the big says. fellas eat. Let <laughs> us eat. We like to eat. I'm a big guy. I like to eat. Let me eat, please. And that's how we eat, Tori, in the run game. I like it. I like it. Well, we'll see what they end up doing with carry on this weekend. But I did want to ask you, after seeing four games, you know, the kind of quarter point of the season, mm-hmm. What do you think needs to improve? You said we've seen them make incremental improvements over the first few weeks, but what needs to improve, regardless of who they're playing this weekend or what the matchup is, but what still needs to improve? Okay, for me, glaring, I know for you, I'm reading your mind, but for <laughs> me, penalties. Penalties, 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 Tori. Because mm. the penalties we've gotten, they've been huge. Think about some of the penalties we got. We got touchdowns, callback, and everything because of the penalties. They hold them, that's giving them first downs. So to me, we got to clean up the penalties because you can't continue the fight. You're fighting yourself. I'm sorry, you're fighting your opponent. You know, sometimes the referees, and then you fight, and then you got penalties on top of that fighting against you. You just can't – You that's just too much to try to overcome. So, to me, I think penalties. What about you? I know you. <laughs> I already know. I already know. Well, we talked about it last week, yep. and I talked about yep. capitalizing in the red zone. There you go. That, yep. I mean, love Matt Prater. He's a great kicker. Right. The Lions are lucky to have him. <laughs> but let's use him when he's, you know, from a distance right. where he's so good from, you know. I just think that this offense is too good, has too many weapons to be struggling in the red zone the way that they are. So that's the one of the big things for me. And then the whole bend but not break thing about the defense, yeah. that's going to get you into trouble sometimes. Yeah. yeah. we. I and hate we to it. say that we ran that when the, we were here, Wayne Fonts. It was the bend <laughs> and break defense. And you see how over the years the offense always was talked about. You never really talked about our defense here. You Think about it. I mean, Barry was a big overshadowing person here. Herman Moore, Brett Perriman, Johnny Moore. And you hear about those guys on offense. You don't hear about, yeah, Chris Spielman, you know, but you don't really hear too many more names on the defense. But that's what type of defense we were. And sometimes it gets you in trouble. Yeah, and, you know, nobody has a problem with it when it doesn't get you into trouble trouble if yeah. as long as they're as long as they're uh holding things down and making things manageable for the offense then nobody's gonna worry about the 
defense being the whole bin but not break thing yep. as long as they're not breaking right, right but then right. you see in Dallas where that kind of gets you into trouble some places so I think that's something to keep an eye on uh and and there's so many good things to say about this offense is the thing like Golden Tate is just on fire lately. Yes. He had a great game in Dallas. Yes. Was so much fun to watch. And I <laughs> I think that his showboating is a little bit fun. Now, I, <laughs> yeah, ball security. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye on the ball security. That's always important. But when guys are having fun out there, it's just right. fun to watch. Um, so, you know, that's that's something that I'm sure coaches are – have a different opinion on that than I do but <laughs> yeah I think the coaches want him to celebrate once he gets in that's the end fair. zone that's fair the first one the first one was fine nobody yeah. was near him so it was fine the second yeah. one he kind of had close. that ball holding out there and Real I cringed close. a little bit <laughs> uh but you know uh it, it's fun to watch when those guys are having fun and yes. I think Kenny is on track to have a great year this year uh you know carry on has obviously been electric to watch you know, he got his first rushing touchdown against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Stafford is Stafford. We know what he can do and how talented he is. There's so many good pieces to this offense. And, you know, let's see it score. Yeah, to your point, ESPN uh, rated Carrion Johnson as the all, uh, offensive rookie of the year at the quarter point of the season. They, yeah. they have him as a rookie of the year right now. So you're right. We have the p- weapons. We have the pieces around and we just get the again I just think when you drive the ball 10 yards and you get a five yard penalty and then you drive it 10 more and then you get another five yarder or a 15 yarder it just takes you out of your rhythm and I think that's part of the reason why these weapons hadn't had a chance to kind of get get the chemistry going yet so I think if we could clean up on some of these penalties I think it, things will look a lot smoother I know that it'll look a lot better and I think we'll execute a lot better too. How can you clean up penalties? What does that look like? I mean, we we all say it, we see it, right. we know that it needs to improve it. When it comes down to practice, Lomas, tell me what you do in I practice. I know the to players don't want to hear this, but I'm telling you, the coaches are going to have to ride them. It, it, <laughs> it's going to be like a referee out there now. I remember when we were having problems with that. Wayne brought the referees. Normally, they there doing the um, doing the preseason. Where Wayne brought them in during the season, <laughs> and they were there. They were calling everything. I mean, even if it was questionable, they were calling. And then they were – the good thing about the refs being there, they would come over and talk to you and tell you what they seen. So, at least mm. you would know that and everything. So, I think things like that. And, hey, when they in film, you know, even if it's not called and the coach see that guy's hand out here or don't see the guy doing something right – Tell them, show them, say that would be a penalty. So I think that's the only thing you're just going to have to keep paying attention to the details of that and keep harping it on the guys. They just got to constantly keep hearing it till they're tired of hearing it. All right. Well, we will see what we're talking about come the bye week next that's week. Right. One more game, and then the Lions have a pretty early bye week, not the earliest that it can possibly be, but week six uh, is a little more towards the first half of the season than it is the second half. So – uh, we'll see. Maybe it's the reset that the Lions need after uh, what was a pretty grueling start to the season yes. with Monday night, West Coast, Sunday night. Those trips get, uh, you know, pretty wearing on the body. And uh, I think maybe maybe the bye week's coming at a good time. I but agree. we'll talk about it next week and see see uh-huh. what we think then. Uh-oh. Right? Uh-oh. <laughs> so we'll be ready. So what are you going to leave the people with? What's the day? Well, you no know, trivia. you know it's trivia. Oh, so you see, well, I was over here rubbing my he's, hands. He's ready. I'm ready. He's okay, ready. Okay. Okay. We'll see.
We'll see if you know this week's trivia, but don't answer In it on my the mind, air. I know them all, but, you know, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Here's this week's trivia question. We usually theme it around that week's episode theme. Of course, the Lions are playing the Packers this week, so mm. we're giving you a Lions-Packers trivia question. So here it is. The current streak between the Lions and the Packers is that the Lions have won two in a row over the Packers. What is their longest streak of wins versus Green Bay? So the most games in a row that the Lions have won over the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Tell me that answer. That goes way back. Yeah, tell tell me how many games that is. And... Hey, for fun, throw in the year. But that's not part of the question. I just need to know how many games it is. So uh, that, that's your trivia question for this week. If you know the answer, make sure you tweet it at Lions. Uh, give that trivia question answer, and you could win an autographed prize. And as I've mentioned every week, there's people on Twitter that have been tweeting their prizes that they've received in the mail. It'll autograph mini helmets, and, you know, could be you next time. We'll see. Send in your trivia question answer. And as always, we thank you guys for listening, right? Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. Rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next week.